kingdom that is will last forever. Hallelujah. After la- after last Wednesday night's teaching, you should every time you hear the kingdom, you should get joy. Because you know you're a kingdom citizen. You're in this world, but you're not of the world. If you understand that, say amen. Are you hungry tonight? You have to be hungry. If you didn't come hungry, you won't eat. Thank you, my father. Last week we had veggies, you know, but tonight it's back to cornbread and beans. <laughs> I got that from John Osteen, cornbread and beans. It means truths that will transform you, transform you into a man and woman of God. Simple truths from the word, easy to understand. That's what he meant. And I like to always break it down so that everybody will understand. Thank you, my father. You believers need the, the simple truth of the word, and old believers need it too. And that brings me to something. You know, both of the men that I was going to give flowers to today are not here. But I think Pastor Gerald is here. So if he, if he don't mind, I would like him to come in, you know, because I really want to honor him tonight. Uh, the Holy Spirit had been really putting these two men in my heart, you know, because the anointing has been growing. And I, I was going to ask a question. If you've been here one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, or seven years, and you think you you kind of know it all? Well, think again. Because these two men that I was going to uh, give flowers to tonight, I, I, I wrote a note. I want to give flowers from the sanctuary and not wait till the moisture runs out. Or I don't want to be gone without saying those words publicly to you guys, you know. And uh, I'm speaking of two two believers that have been with me from the beginning. And they still I still see the anointing growing in them. In the last few weeks, I mean, things have been going upward from these two men, and it's really, you know, they have touched my heart. You know, one of them is, of course, is pa- Pastor George. Pastor George been with me from before the beginning. I was there when he received the baptism in the Holy Ghost, when the man of God blew into him. And from that moment, then, the anointing came into this man, love came into him. He's been the number one man that has always loved, and I've seen that love over the years, probably about 16, 17 years ago. And he's still growing. And the other one is, is, is Peter. You know, Peter's at home, but he's listening. I want to tell you, those two men have love, not only in word only, but in deed. Love is that I see in their eyes. And after all these years, in the last few weeks, I've seen an anointing in those two men that have been changing their lives. I've seen the change in both of their lives, you know. And as I was writing my notes, you know, I was thinking about their an example. I was going to use them as an example of of uh, what I'm teaching tonight. And when I, you know, the Holy Ghost kept bringing them to, m- to my remembrance at home. And when I brought the word permeated, it just something inside my belly just and fire just came on and said, that's exactly what, what I believe they are, permeated, soaked with the anointing of God. When I see Pastor, F- Pastor George and I see um, uh, Peter, I see Jesus, and I want to tell both of them, you know, I want Pastor George to, to up here because I want him to give me a blessing, to give me a hug, you know, but uh, and Peter both, you know. So next time, Peter, when you come in, I want you to put your hands on me, you know, both of you, you know. I love you all, you know. I want to give you a Holy Ghost hug, you know. No, thank you. So, you know, if, you, if you're sitting here and you think that you've heard it all, these two men have been in this service every service for years and still I see a change an upward change in them both of them you know thank you my father
Lord's Pastor George. Come here, I'm going to give you flowers, and I want to I want to honor you, Pastor George, and I was going to honor Peter too, both of them, because from the first day that I met this man, he's loved, he's respected me and Martha, you know, and, and honored us, and, and I don't think I've ever been in this building and this man doesn't come and hug me and tell me he loves me, and Peter too. Peter walked over to me, you know. That's an example, and the Holy Ghost told me, use them tonight as an example of what's happening in this church to every believer. And I, and I know that if, if, if they can be sitting here for 14 years and change, that what does that leave you, you know? I mean, you still got a long way to go. But uh, I've seen Pastor George. I'm, I, I want to thank you for honoring me and for, and for loving on me. And this man from the first day that I met him has always loved. I don't know what his past. You know, I've healed things about his past, but I've, all I've ever seen in this man is love, pure love. And Pastor George, every time I look at you now, I see Jesus. And I see the, I see the growth in you and what's happening in your life, you know. And I'm, I'm all for it, you know. I'm proud of you, you know. And you're taking up the offering. I know it wasn't easy, you know, but but look at you now, you know. First time you took it, he came down and said, "I know you were praying." Yeah, I was praying because you were my. I'm his number one fan, you know. Thank you. So give me a give me a holy ghost lay hands bless me. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Ghost is good, huh? Can I teach you tonight? Thank you, man. No, I just like I just like to share my heart with the family. This is my family, you know. And I don't leave nothing. Don't like I said, you know, as I get older, I know that I'm not gonna be around forever. And I don't, I don't want to leave words untold, you know. I want you to know exactly how I feel. Thank you, my father. And like I said, it's these lessons, you you know, the Holy Ghost says use them as an example of what you're teaching, man. Bring them, you know, culture, you know, our culture's changed, you know. They used to be in one culture before, but now they're in a kingdom culture. Hallelujah. Are there any testimonies? I'll, I want to know, so is there any, anybody born of blood on Jesus? Is there anything that happened over the week or last week or whenever? Say, yeah, somebody raise your hand. Come on up. Yeah. Thank you, my Father. So nobody knew this, but uh, well, I didn't see y'all seeing my post, but I was all excited that I was going to be a grandma, right? Well, unfortunately, my daddy had my last child a few weeks later. And I kept that to myself because I was like, mm-mm, devil, you ain't going to get glorified at all, right? And I started praying um, in my room. I was like, no, I refuse to believe this because it says in his word that no miscarriage will be in our midst. Amen? And that he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. Amen? And all areas, not just babies. But um, so I was like, I started praying in my room and I was asking the Lord and declaring the Lord and telling him, like, you know, Lord, your word says, your word says. Right. And I did it for like a week. And then all of a sudden I felt a release in my spirit that I need to stop praying about it and start thanking him for it. You know what I'm saying? So I started thanking him that I was going to be a grandma and all this stuff. And I was like, Lord, I can't wait. You know, try to hold my baby. And while I was thanking him, I um, he gave me wedding that I'll be holding a baby in a wedding. And I, I just wrote it down real quick. I didn't know what that meant. But it all made sense now because my daughter, she's, what, six months pregnant now with her baby? Amen. 
and uh, my cousin's having a wedding. <laughs> yeah, glory be to God. So if you believe it, you shall receive it. Like there's nothing that the Lord can't do, you know, like, and even though the enemy had tried it, he failed again, period. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Are you ready to learn tonight? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you some more about the kingdom, you know. Beginning of time, God's original purpose and plan was to rule the earth from heaven. How do you suppose he planned to do that? His plan was to rule the earth from heaven through his family, his family of humankind. That's you and me. Let me pause here and allow you to ponder on that, on those words here. He planned to use you, the born-again citizen. Let it sink into your heart. God's plan was to use you to permeate this whole earth and for people to see you not only in talking but in deed, you know, and in, in walking. Not just talk the talk but walk the walk. People need to look at you and say something different about you, you know. And so let me refresh a little. I taught this before, you know, but let me keep on going. There are two kinds of realms before us, the sense realm and the spiritual realm. We are, we are body, soul, and spirit. And if you try to understand the word of God in the sense realm or with your senses, you will never be able to understand. That's why a lot of people come to me and say, I, I just don't understand. Because they're trying to understand it in the sense realm and not in the spiritual realm. They feel, touch, look, and see. They say, well, I just don't understand. And you won't. That's why we hear some say, I just don't understand. We all were born into a sense world. And from the beginning of time, we were born, that we were born, we begin to operate in the sense realm. That's why, you know, we're so used to it. However, everybody say, however, God had a plan. And his plan was require us to operate in the spiritual realm. Everybody say spiritual realm. Why? Because God is a spirit. He sent his son Jesus to this world to operate in the sense realm, even though he was a spirit. Wow. Are you with me? He wanted to, he sent him son in a sense realm to, to show you that it can be done. You can die to yourself and live to the spirit. Jesus took a physical body, died, resurrected, and offered his blood and gave all of us the opportunity to be born again. Can you say glory? But this time, born of the spirit. We will read in his word, and we'll read it tonight. And it tells us that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a statement. Can you understand everlasting? I mean, since realm can't understand everlasting. You know, everybody knows, well, I'm here today but gone tomorrow. But not in the spirit, and the spirit is forever. Take notes and write this, write this in the tablet of your heart. That statement is a spiritual realm statement. The sense world will not understand it. Are you listening? The senses don't understand because they are spiritually dead. Think about it. We were all dead before we became alive, you know. But thank be to God, we born again believers say, I'm a born again believer. As we've been raised from the dead, when we were, you know, being spiritually dead, we were raised to life. Can you say glory? So you can be happy that once you were dead, but not anymore. If you're a born again believer, you're now alive. Can you say thank you, Jesus? A life that can, and alive, but a life that can, that can understand spiritual things. 
we, we, can, we can see in the Word of God uh, with spiritual understanding. Are you learning something yet? I mean, this is heavy, you know. Just think about it. Meditate on it. Let's go to the Word. Uh, Revelations 1, 5 in the New King James Version. Revelations 1, 5 in the New King James. And it says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, the firstborn from the dead. Man, underline that. And the ruler over all the kings of this earth. We read the book of Daniel last time. It told how many kings have gone and, and have come and gone. But, but he, Jesus, rules all the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's heavy. Can you understand it? If you came in tonight and you don't understand it, don't leave the same. Let him wash your sins away so that you can walk free in righteousness, free and right standing with him. Let us turn to Ephesians 2 now, verse 1 to 4. But remember our king, and remember that our king rules over all the kings of the earth. Never forget that. In Ephesians 2, 1, it says, and you, he made alive. Who? You. Say me. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So if you're lost, that's because you, you don't obey. But how can you obey what you don't know? That's why somebody has to tell them. They don't know. They, they haven't heard the good news. You are to go out and tell them, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, hallelujah, underline those two words. It's always, but God, who is rich in mercy. Thank you, my Father. He's rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loves us. Man, when, that's what we, when I recall this man of God, you know, that love that Jesus had went in him and it never came out. And it started walking in that love. Hallelujah. We were dead and he made us alive. Can you say thank you? That's the good news. We all have the good news. We once were dead, but we're now alive. Now look at it in, the, in Romans 8.10 in the New King James again. 8.10. And if Christ is in you, the body's dead because of sin. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive because of righteousness. So sometimes you say, well, how can I die to myself? Well, he already told you. If he's in you, then your body's dead. You need to understand that so that you won't listen to your body anymore. You know, you're dead to your body, but your spirit is alive. Start thinking in the spirit. How many righteous are here tonight? Yeah, so that's talking about you. I'm talking to the righteous. Romans 8, 11 in the New King James Version says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's a question. If you ask it, if the spirit of of if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you say yes or no. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give you the give your lives, give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Somebody greater than you is in you. That's what the world can't understand. 
But if he's in you, then you can show him off by the way you walk, by the way you talk. And one of the things that I, you know, that 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 I was going to say about Pastor George and Peter both, the the two qualities that made them what they are today, I believe, because I've seen them from the beginning, is humbleness and love. Pastor George have never, you know, walked around like I'm the big pastor of this church. You know, so look at me. No, he's always humbled himself, and Peter has too. The most humble man that I know is those two men, right? And love together. Because, you know, arrogance will never get you blessed. I mean, you can be a, an usher, a security person, or whatever. Don't ever let it go to your head and say, look at me. I'm something special because you're not. Stay humble. If you want God to take you to the next level, you know, I've like I said, I've seen after all these years, just in the last few months or last few weeks, I've seen I've seen Peter change to a new man, and I, and I can tell you that, right? You can vouch for just in the last few weeks, Peter's not the same. You know, I mean, I, I see I see Jesus all over him, and Pastor George is not the same. I mean, I'm talking about in the last few weeks, and after after 16, 14, 15 years of sitting here under the power love teaching, and the and this Pastor Sandy's teaching is awesome. And especially this anointing teaching that she's doing right now. Man, let it get into your heart, you know. Become knowing that there's something good ahead of you. But stay humble and never change. Walk in love. More good news. Colossians 3, 2 and 3. Colossians 3, 2 and 3 in the New King James Version. Set your mind on things above. What? That's your mind. You can control your mind. So what do you think about all day long? Think about, you know, see? Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Most people always thinking about something that's going on today. It's not easy to, set, to think of the above because of the world we live in, but it's something that you have to work at. You have to cast down thoughts. And if you do a lot of driving like me, I drive sometimes to Huntsville and Pawtucket for my 160 miles. I mean, I have a lot of time to think. So I have to set my mind on things above and pray in the Holy Ghost and thank Jesus over and over so my mind will not think or think of this world. That's what you need to do. You can control your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For you died. Say, I died. And your life is hidden in Christ God. See, if you could just understand that, what who died? Yourself, your flesh, your senses, they died. But you got to tell them over and over, you're dead, so be quiet. You know, but Holy Ghost is alive in me. Yeah, you got to tell you, tell your senses, stop, cast that thought away. It comes in, in your mind, say, no, I'm not going to think about that. Hallelujah, I'm dead right now. Learn and take notes. When we became Christians, we did not join a church or a religion. We joined a family. So when you become a Christian, when you gave your heart to the Lord up here on Sunday morning, you didn't join the church. You became a family of God. You became a son and a daughter of God. God's family. And remember God's plan? Do you remember? It was to rule the earth from heaven. How? Through his family. That's you and I. How many can say, I had no idea that I was called to rule in this earth? Now, be honest. Yeah. When you first go, when you first get saved, you don't know. 
You don't know that you were called to rule, not to be in this earth, but to rule in this earth at this time, today. Well, I'm glad that, you, that, that you're here to learn. Our teacher, the Holy Spirit, is also here to teach and to give us insight into God's plan. Can you say hallelujah? Thank you, my Father. God created us to rule this earth. He made us kings and priests. You are a king and a priest. Put Exodus 19.6 in the NLT up there. And you will be my kingdom of priests. Can you say hallelujah? My holy nation. See, this is a message that you must give to the people of this earth. Of of Israel, but it's the people here that I am a king. Say, I'm a king, and I am a priest. Thank you, Father. We are to dominate this earth through kingdom influence. Say, kingdom influence. Keep those two words in your heart, kingdom influence. God's strategy was to establish a colony of heaven on earth. That's what he wanted to do from the beginning. We are that colony. We should believe in heaven on earth, especially in your house, in your marriage. Are you listening? Heaven on earth. You will have heaven on earth. I guarantee you. When you talk to her, tell her you are the garden. And like Adam, God told me to tend to you. You hear that? Husbands, look at your wives. Says, You're my garden, and I have to tend to you. Keep the weeds out. Mm. Did you hear me? <laughs> Men, you got a responsibility. You got to start at home before you can be a leader in the church, you know. It's, it's, it's bad when you're a leader in the church, but you go home and you have a rotten marriage, you know, every five seconds. You know, she's been my garden from the first day, and I've tend to her very well. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah. We are that garden. God's intention was to influence the earth from heaven. Did you hear that? You are to influence the people around you. That was his intention, to influence the earth, so that the earth would begin to take on the culture of heaven. Did you hear me? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation on, on this word tonight. It takes the Holy Spirit to tell you, man, I have a new culture. Listen, listen closely to what he revealed to me. His plan was for us, born again, full of the Holy Spirit, children of the Most High, to begin to influence the invisible heavenly kingdom, and it would permeate. There's that word. When I, when I wrote that permeate, I thought of Pastor Derek and Peter, you know, because that's what they do. They permeated, they're saturated or filled. And they cover the visible physical earth realm. When they walk, you can see it. You, they don't have to even talk to you. You can see the love and the, and, the, and the Holy Spirit. The anointing is all over them. Are you listening? See, the devil is a copycat. He copied that, that same plan. And that's why we see so many weak-minded, spiritually dead people following and creating a culture of sinful defeated, and totally lost society. That's a lot of words, right? A culture created by demonic influence. They're all operating in the sense realm when they're lost, which is feel, taste, hear, and smell. If it feels good, do it. They walk around saying, 
what we used to say, look at me, dress like me, get high like me. The commercials on television is full of them. You know, you watch anything, football games, basketball games. You know, I, I don't watch TV except the, the games. You know, I like sports, but I but I hate commercials. And you see, uh, you know, the, the, what is that, Top Diddy or something, you know, driving that, that big car with all the jewelry. You see it all the time, especially in you know, football games. I mean, I just have to close my eyes, you know. See, the Lost World is programmed like by that knowledge. If a movie stars wear something, you want to wear it. You know, they want it. If a rapper gets a tattoo, they they want it. You know, the lost world has to get one too. You know, another tattoo, jewelry, crosses. You know, you see all the jewelry on on the chest, and and now you see the lost world. They they want to walk. You think you're influencing people, but you're not. Influence them by your 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 look changes, your haircut changes. You know, you don't look the same. The influences, they have to look at you different and say, man, you don't look like you used to. See, a lot of times we have the idea that we look like when we portraying a mirror. But it's the opposite, you know. When they see that you change from that to this, they want to know what happened, you know. So I always look at Peter, man. He dresses so good. You know, if I was skinnier, I would I want to wear the same clothes, you know. Those are the clothes I want to wear. I don't want to wear no jewelry or nothing, you know, earrings, you know. That's all you see on television, you know. But the lost world, man, they go buy it, you know. Football jerseys with somebody's name on it, you know. I don't need to buy jerseys, you know. I buy Jesus, you know. Hallelujah. Enough of that meddling, right? Let me get back to the good news. I have been teaching on the kingdom of God for several weeks. So let me go over some highlights. A kingdom is a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it. With his will. That's what a kingdom is. An intent. And his purpose. The key word here are his will, his intent, and his purpose. Hallelujah. When his will, his intent, and his purpose manifest in his citizens, it will develop a culture or a lifestyle. Are you with me? Take note. The dictionary defines culture as the totality of of a socially transmitted behavior and behavior patterns, beliefs, and all other products of human work and thought. That's a big thing to swallow that, you know, but that's what that is. You have heard of Japanese culture, right? Mexican culture, hippie culture, drug culture. So let me break it down. Every kingdom manifests itself in the lifestyle and culture of its people. What does all this mean, you might say? I'm glad you asked. This means that every citizen of a kingdom is supposed to take on the nature of the king. Did you hear me? The nature of the king. So what's his nature? Study the word. Find out more about Jesus and start taking his nature. The number one nature is humility. Another one is love. When love comes in you, it should never leave. I've seen a lot of people come and go. They love one day. They tell you they love you. Then they don't talk to you for two years later. You know, that's why I was impressed with Pastor George and Peter because they uh, they tell me they love me almost every time I walk in this building. You know, and I've the love that Pastor George has had. You you haven't heard all the testimonies yet. You know, but from the beginning of our first church, you know, the love brought 
of his enemies into the church. One of his biggest enemies that he loved is now a pastor. You know? I mean, you, one of these days maybe he'll tell you that story, you know. But that was a touching story for us, you know. When that, when that first man came to our church and saw Pastor Joe sitting in there, he was afraid to come in because he had had dealings with him. I think he had shot his brother or something, something like that. I don't remember. But but Pastor George embraced him and told him, I love you, my brother. And that changed that man for forever. He sat in our church for a while, and now he's at his own church. That is culture. That is what changes lives when they see you. Not, you know, they, you have to go to them and tell them face to face, I'm, I love you. Most people never heard I love you from a man. They would, they don't, you throw it in the workplace and you tell somebody you love, they think you're strange, you know. But Jesus is love. Jesus told us he loved us, you know. A man of men told us he loved us, you know. Hallelujah. Every citizen of a kingdom is supposed to take on the nature of the king. Did you hear me? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, are you getting it? God's intent for for us, kingdom citizens, is that we take on the culture of heaven so that, so, that, so that in whatever we do or say, it will be evident that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we do or say, it is evident that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Let me repeat this. You know, that's the meat of the word. Whatever we do is evident. And whatever we say, that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Are you getting it? Once this lesson gets in you, you will understand why we don't use foul language or lie or cheat or practice deception or give way to jealousy or hatred. Those things are not part of heaven's culture. So if you talk like that out there in the world and tell them that you're a born-again believer, they they just shake their head, you know. But if you change your language and you stop talking like that, I think that we heard a story of some of a man of God from from well England or somewhere where he worked in the mines and the and the cattle used to you know move when they curse at him. And when he became a kingdom citizen, he stopped cursing, and 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 the bulls or cattle, whatever he used, wouldn't listen to him, you know, because they were waiting for the bad words to come out, you know. And he stopped saying it. That's the way the world is, you know. A lot of people, if you work in the world, you hear bad words all the time. You know, you hear men and, and you work in construction work or wherever, you hear their language. So when you change right before their very eyes, they think, man, you, you're not the same. But that's because you join a new kingdom. You, you, you're now not, not the same as you used to be. You're, you're part of heaven's culture. And so those things should be foreign to you. Bad words, lying, cheating, that should be foreign. You know? I mean, be upright. You know, do the right, do, do right by everyone. Let everybody see that you, that you are a right, you are in right standing with God when you do right by them. Are you getting it? Never forget. Say, I will never forget. As a kingdom citizen, I am from God's country. And both my language and my lifestyle should reflect that. Are you with me? Who's still with me? You haven't gotten mad and left yet, have you? 
Remember this, the kingdom of God is not a religion. It is an actual country with its own government and its own laws. Are you with me? A culture that and, and citizens, citizens. For some Americans, it's hard to understand kingdom living because we never lived under a king. But all of us have seen movies, right? With castles and kings and all these kingdoms were man-made. Man stood only for a short time. But the kingdom of heaven is an eternal kingdom. That's what's so good, that this country is going to be gone one day, but we will never be gone. Jesus will take us home, protect us, and we will be around forever. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. We are an eternal kingdom. Are you getting it? Eternal. Say eternal. Thank you, Master Nadia. Let's go to Daniel 4, 3. I think I'm going too fast. I might be early tonight. I get excited when, I, when, when I'm teaching. I just run a little bit. Are you getting it? Or can I go? You want me to go back and start again? <laughs> Thank you, Master Nadia. Somebody's getting healed tonight. The Holy Spirit said, just teach my word. That's all you do. I'll do the healing. The anointing will do the healing. You just open your mouth and read the word. Thank you, Master Nadia. There is no bad word, right? All word is good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Daniel 4.3 in the King, New King James Version. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Did you hear me? Meditate on this. Even the oldest nations on earth have been organized for less than 2,000 years. That sounds like a lot of years, right? Like a long time. But from a sense perspective, but it's nearly a it's only a merely a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. Are you with me? Let's start as born again kingdom citizens to program our minds. So that did you hear me? Program your minds. You program your telephones, right? You program your laptop. But hey, how about programming your mind? Are you listening? To think eternal. You got to program your mind to think eternal, right? Not temporary. And our kingdom will endure forever. Can you say hallelujah? What it means forever? From generation to generation. Great, great, great grandchildren. Another one, great, 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 great grandchildren. Are you getting it? Forever. Thank you, Jesus. That means that when you introduce the kingdom of God to one person, you're introducing them to generations to come. That's what that means. So your children and your great children, they'll follow you. Because when they visit you, they see your house. They don't see junk. They don't hear junk. They all hear nothing but love. And they'll be influenced by your influence. You will influence your children and your great children. Thank you, my father. Not many of you have great, great children. Though. Not that I have like 20 great, great grandchildren or something like that. So, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Generations to come. Who's getting it? Then they influence generations in your home to come because of you. Send them a love note. Thank you. Don't forget them. Thank you. Say thank you for introducing me to the kingdom. 
now I know that generations to come will be influenced by me because of you. Did you hear me? Never stop thanking people for what they did for you. Don't get so big and mighty that you forget what they did. Not everybody started the, at the same level. Not, over, and not everybody knew everything once they walked in, you know. They sat there and learned. That's why honor your men, their leadership, Ram and, and all the leaders that are here, Maya, Amanda, that, you know, Marta and them, you know. Honor them. They've stuck a long time with us, you know. They've been here for years, and they're still, they're still learning. You see them taking notes, you know. And that's what you will be. We've seen people come and go, but don't be one of those. Be one that sticks. Are you hearing me? Stick. Don't let the devil destroy you because it only gets better. I'm telling you, it's going to be even better. Uh, you know, God gives young people uh, visions and old, old man dreams, and he's given me some dreams. I was telling Pastor Sandy, I had a dream the other night that we were building, Pastor Jules, we were building Pastor Sandy a beautiful office. And I'm sure it's probably in the new building with a beautiful view with forests and trails outside. And then I remembered my dream saying, you know, I think we might build you a bench outside so you can pray and take a lunch break and pray overlooking the forest. Yeah. I remember when John Osteen, you know, was first his office, every pastor, you know, when you start building, the office changes, you know, the furniture changes. And I was in there helping Putting the furniture together. I was going to tell Peter that, you know. I don't know what that means for you guys, but I guess y'all are working on something, you know. But that, that's my dream, you know. He's going to have the most beautiful office, you know. Hallelujah. With a great view, not a bar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, give a hand. Clap. She deserves it. I have seen her change from the beginning, you know. What? What a marvelous change from taking place in my life, you know. Hallelujah. I pat myself on the back. I had a little part to do with it, you know. Thank you, Father. Yeah. But I got to stay humble, right? Hallelujah. Daniel 7, 18 in the New King James. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom. And who are the saints of the Most High? We are. And possess a kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Did you hear that? We are the saints of the Most High, and we shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Man, that's, a, that's, that's some big words. Can you, can you even think that way, forever and ever? Are you excited now? Saints is another word for kingdom citizens. Let me repeat this. Hallelujah. Christ did not bring a religion, but a kingdom of royal government. You are a royal priesthood. Look in the mirror and tell yourself that every day. I am a royal priesthood. I am healed from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I am healed. Uh, sickness cannot live in my body. Sickness has to die right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, my Father. Rashes have to go. Right? Rashes have to go. Somebody came in with a rash and leave without it, you know, and no itch. We're not supposed to have itch. 
anything is strong with you, we're anointed with oil and cast it out tonight in Jesus' name. See, Christ did not bring a religion but a kingdom of royal government. A lot of people think of Christianity as a religion. That's why it does not work. It's not a religion. They say, who are you? You say, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a citizen of the king, of the kingdom. See, uh, it's so easy to say, I'm a Christian. Well, what's a Christian, man? Baptist, Catholic, Protestant, they're all Christians. But they're not full of the anointing of God. But you got to say, the king, I am a citizen of the king, of the kingdom of God, of the most high. I'm in this world, but I'm not of the world. Say it boldly. Hallelujah. Your religion doesn't work. Christianity doesn't work unless you know what it is. You can practice a religion, but you can't practice citizenship. Did you hear me? I mean, when you are a citizen of America, you can't practice being a citizen. You are. If you're a citizen of Mexico, you don't practice citizenship. You just are. Well, you're a citizen of heaven. You don't practice citizenship. You are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? I'm in the world, but not of the world. I'm a citizen of heaven. Can you say that? Amen. Some folks are good on Sunday and a mess on Monday. <laughs> because, why? Because they practice religion. Religion says, be good. Don't do this, don't do that. And Sunday, you agree with it. But then Monday, you start doing it again. I remember as a Catholic, I went to confession every week. I was a good Catholic. I went to confession every week, but I confessed the same thing every week. I never understood why. But I would say I, I, had, I could just throw in a list of the same sins. And then I, he would say three Our Fathers and two Hail Marys. I'm glad he would say that because I didn't know all the other prayers, but I knew the Our Father and Hail Mary. So go sit down and say three Our Fathers and two Hail Marys and you're forgiven. I would walk out like that. Ignorance, you know. I never knew. But now I know, you know. I don't confess my sins anymore because I'm sinless, you know. I mean, he took them all from me. I am born again, a believer of the Most High. I have the righteousness of God. I do what's right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The windows of heaven are open in our family. I told Martha the other day, we're so blessed. And she said, no, we're extremely blessed. That's what that lady said to me. We're extremely blessed. I said, whoa, man, you're, you're, God's working on you, girl. Biggest miracle I've ever seen in my life is taking place right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, some folks are good on Sundays, you know, but man, I want you to be good all the time. Are you with me? Being a kingdom citizen is a 24-hour-a-day reality. That's what our God wants. He doesn't want members. He wants citizens. Are you hearing me? You can be a member of a church, loyal in every way, but not a citizen of the kingdom. That's why I love to say, I am in the world, but not of the world. Learn to say those words. My citizenship is in heaven. Say it in front of your friends, in front of your people. Let them look and they ask you, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. And then tell them the good news. By bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, 
Jesus Christ was restoring what men lost in the Garden of Eden. But somewhere along the way, we missed the point and substituted a religion for the kingdom. This is a Bible study, right? Are you learning something? Thank you. Matthew 5, 3, Jesus said in the New King James, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does poor in spirit mean? We will read the word, but we need to study to understand. What does that mean? Poor in spirit. It means spiritually bankrupt or spiritually destitute, meaning very poor or lacking, deprived. So listen up, because that's where we came from. When you describe someone or some family in the neighborhood and use the term very poor or destitute, you are trying to tell us that they are in need, right, or in great need. In, a, in the sense world, we immediately think of money or material things, food, etc. But in the kingdom of God, we're talking spiritual terms. So Jesus said poor in spirit or in great spiritual need. Are you getting it? In the world, we have people that will never admit that they are in need. For whatever reason, they convince themselves that they are okay. Maybe pride, I don't know. When I was a young boy with holes in my shoes and lights that were out and water was cut off, sometimes only beans and tortillas is all we had and nopales, you know, because my mother went outside in the yard and, and did nopales in the, that she had in the backyard. That's why I got to hate nopales, you know. Hallelujah. We never told anyone that we that we were poor, that we were poor. We're supposed to keep that a secret. You know? Don't tell your neighbors that you don't have anything to eat. That's pride, right? What Jesus tells us is to take note. He says the kingdom of heaven is reserved for those who recognize their spiritual poverty. You have to recognize that you need spiritual help. You have to ask your neighbors or ask somebody. And you have to open the door for them because they are too prideful to tell you, I'm hurting. Especially marriages. They come and sit in church and then they go home and fight. But they're too proud to come up to the altar and say, we need help. You need to break down and don't be proud. Because that is, that is a form of spiritual poverty when you have problems at home. I mean, if you're sitting in this church, you should be completely normal in every way because the anointing is here. And the teaching is so powerful. Nobody here should be in need, but they are. Because we see them all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be proud. Come up and say, I need some help. There's spiritual poverty. So it's very important that we recognize that we are spiritually in need and come to the altar of God to receive your spiritual food and your water. Who's getting it? Hear me out. If you're spiritually empty, no religion, no man-centered Christianity can fill your emptiness. You will never, never be satisfied until you receive the kingdom. I know. I'm I know that I'm preaching to the choir, right? But every one of you knows someone that is poor in spirit. You do know. Take this lesson with you and start teaching the good news. Invite them to our church so they can not only get their spiritual needs met, but learn how to keep them. Are you with me? Physical prosperity has, has to start in the inside. If you are poor in spirit, no amount of money, houses, cars, things will satisfy you. 
Nothing. You can have a lot of money, but if you're spiritually bankrupt, man, you're hurting. Are you still with me? We kingdom citizens have to be inf- have to be influenced on those in need. The only message Jesus ever talked about was about the kingdom. Look at Matthew thirteen thirty three, in the Living Bible. It mixes in the yeast until it permeates every part of the dough. That's that word permeate again. Every time I said that word, I thought of Pastor Joe. Permeate. Hallelujah. Another person puts it this way. Another version puts it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman takes and mixes it into a large amount of flour until it works all through the dough. Are you here? Can you remove it? You don't know? (laughs) The jelly mess. He's a great baker. No, it takes, it takes, it's there for good. I read that yeast works slowly at first, but eventually the yeast permeates the entire batch of dough. That's what happens to this earth now that the kingdom of heaven is on this earth. You're the yeast, and, it's per, and, and the world is the dough. And you're bringing the, the kingdom in there, it's permeating to the whole world. It will never depart. And like yeast, the kingdom is growing and will continue to grow until it thoroughly covers and saturates the earth. Now you understand that. We are going to win. We are going to saturate the earth. The devil cannot have this earth. And we are like the yeast permeating through the dough until the whole world is influenced by us. Can you say amen? Are you getting it? Are your revelation coming to you tonight? And you know how important you are to the kingdom now. The purpose that God put you on this earth is that you can permeate this earth with, with your love, with, your, with yourself, with, with your anointing. There's that word, that big anointing word. Are you getting by? Are you know? Do you, are you getting the revelation tonight? Human governments fall. They come and go. But the government... The government of our God, our King, will last forever. Take that message with you. We win. Our kingdom will never depart. Make sure that people know that to become citizens of the kingdom so they will never depart. They will be forever with you. Our kingdom is eternal. Did you get it? The message for tonight. Listen to that. The earth is divided into two groups. Of people, those who are citizens of the kingdom of God and those who are not. Think about it in that way. That's a critical distinction. Our purpose as kingdom citizens is to work with our king to increase the size of the first group and decrease the size of the second group. Now, like I said, I'm preaching to the choir. That's what we're doing, right? We're increasing the size of our kingdom citizens and decreasing the size of the world. We have a calling and a responsibility to influence earthly culture with the culture of heaven. Are you still with me? The king himself has given us kingdom authority so that we can fulfill our calling as ministers. The the calling of ministers of reconciliation. Say I'm a minister of reconciliation. I reconciled the world back to Jesus. Every country has a culture. Culture is a manifestation of the nature of the government and the lifestyle 
in the customs and the morals of the people. In other words, every country has unique qualities of character, customs, traditions, and social morals that distinguish it from other countries. In practical terms, this means that, that when you enter the kingdom of heaven through the new birth in Christ, you become a kingdom citizen. And the culture of the kingdom should begin to manifest in your life. Are you hearing me? Your speech and your behavior. When you return to work after, bringing, after being in the presence of God, your boss and your co-workers should notice a difference in your manner, a difference in your behavior. And they will ask, they will ask you, what has changed you? How many have been asked that question already? What has changed you? Good. When people use, when people see how you act and how you talk, then that's when you pull out that soul winning script if you don't know it by heart. Hallelujah. And then they were, they're ready to listen. So listen to this and read it to them. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who got something already? I don't want to go on and on and on, man. I'm, I don't want to bore you, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, as the worship team comes up, put James, put James 5, 14 and 15 on the board. James 5, 14 and 15. All right. All right. Is it bigger and behind me? Yeah. If anyone's sick, he should call for the elders of the church. And they should pray over him and pour a little oil upon him, calling on the Lord to heal him. Thank you, my father. What's the next one? And their prayer, if offered in faith, which will be, will heal them. Will what? Heal them. For the Lord will make him well. And if their sickness was caused by some sin, the Lord will forgive him. Man, what a promise of God. So if you came in tonight and you're sick, and I know I've heard several people today, a patient didn't show up to show me because I had the flu. You know, I hadn't heard that word in a long time. But but if you have any symptoms, this is a scripture that you want to use. I am an elder of the church. I will anoint you with oil. And like last week, the people that got touched, got healed. They went home healthy. So as a, And also kingdom citizens, don't forget, if you've never been born again, if you've never given truly your heart to Jesus and made him truly the Lord of your life and understood that you've now become a citizen of the kingdom, tonight make sure that you know. And if you need more of the Holy Spirit, more of the anointing, tonight you can get it. Come drink from the fountain. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So as we worship, the altar is open, just like every every service, in Jesus' name. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah.